Good evening. Hey, this is Jeff from Marvin Dog Media, home to Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff, Bantha Banter, a Star Wars chat show, the pilot episode, and several podcasts to be named later. My buddy Taylor and I did a Halloween episode of Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff where we listed our top five spooky toys and the Neozaz guys thought you, their beloved listeners, might enjoy hearing it. So, here it is. And if you like what you hear, head on over to MarvinDogMedia.com to check out our other shows. Look us up on Facebook, Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff, or Bantha Banter, or the pilot episode. And if you don't like what you listen to, just keep it to yourself. Enjoy, and happy Halloween. Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff, where we go back in time to discuss our favorite toys, one toy line at a time. Hello and welcome to Talking Toys with Taylor and Jeff. I'm Taylor from the Black Lagoon. And I'm Count Jeffula. <laughs> happy halloween everybody sure this is coming out a month ahead of halloween but it's october i think that's close enough mm-hmm. you you love halloween don't you that's your favorite holiday right i do and and i have to be honest with all the halloween decorations out um with everyone seeing it my kid has gone crazy with it of course he has well and i didn't think that like i always liked halloween because my birthday's around that time so it's like i would always get toys during that time and it's like oh, hey. and then Halloween and I like the scariness of it but my kid loves it and I mean he loves skeletons and he loves and I'm, I'm kind of wondering some of that Skeletor but even like spiders like big crazy Halloween decorations he goes nuts over he's not scared and, of them he just loves them yeah he loves them which, definitely your kid and definitely my kid definitely my kid <laughs> I've seen, every time I go. The, I've seen him dance to the Masters of the Universe theme song and get very excited whenever Skeletor comes on screen. So oh, I know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I have a, a Skeletor um, picture on the wall that I got from Otter Draw, and he will point at it and then flex his muscles and go, <gasps> It's yeah, like, I've yeah, that's Skeletor. It's kind of adorable. Well, and it doesn't help that the couch right now we have a bed sheet over it, and it's got Skeletor and He-Man on it, and he will just sit there. And point. I'm like, yes, that's He-Man. He'll go point at this. I'm like, yes, that's Skeletor. And he'll just keep going back and forth and just flexing and growling. He loves it. Awesome. Well, folks, if you hadn't figured it out, this is sort of a, a Halloween special that we're doing. And Halloween is my second favorite holiday. Everybody knows I love Christmas. I'm Mr. Christmas. But Halloween is a close second. I um, I really have a, a lot of fun with it. And I love, you know, Halloween movies and, uh, um, you know, we well, our mini so this month is 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 Halloween centric as well, so I won't spoil it for you guys. But uh, anyway, we're doing something a little different this time around. Instead of just talking about a specific toy line, we thought we would talk about our top five scariest slash spookiest toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't decide which one I wanted to go with because a lot of the ones on my list are not necessarily scary; they're just kind of spooky and, and they're fun. What about you? Right. What What was your my, minor are things that. Uh... Because I've never really had too many spooky toys, but mine are toys that I have owned that kind of spook me either with the design or or they're just spooky in general. And I'll get to that one last, that my spookiest toy is 
one that I still own. Oh, nice. But, you know, I, I have owned all of these toys at one point. And so when I talk about them, I, I am coming from that level of, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of creepy in, in some form or fashion. Well, like I said, mine is just really the top five, uh, I guess I would go with spookiest toys. Because um, I, I just think they're toys that uh, are, are sort of scary. Some of them are. Some of them are just kind of kind of creepy, kooky, altogether ooky. Um, and I just ones that I, some of them I've owned, some of them I haven't. Some of them I would like very much to own, but uh, I don't yet. <laughs> and so uh, let's go ahead and start. Since Halloween is your favorite holiday, I'll give you the honor of, of going last uh, okay. and, and giving us your number one last. So I will go first. So my uh, number five okay. favorite uh, scary slash spooky store uh, toy is uh, the Rancor from The Return of the Jedi because it's just downright creepy. You know, we've talked about yeah. it before on The Return of the Jedi show. It's such a great mold. And it's pretty screen accurate, mm-hmm. and it's just really creepy. He's got, you know, his those beady little eyes, his jaw moves, those claws. It, it's actually kind of scary. I could see this actually scaring a little kid. <laughs> you know, when when I was a kid, and I, I had a hard time understanding how the Rancor stood up. And so when I was a kid, I actually thought that he walked around on four, like, almost like spider-like fleshy legs. Instead of the two big kind of squatty legs, because I, I don't, I guess I never really saw the tail portion of it, because there's one shot that it makes me think that he has these four legs, and it's probably because I watched a, a copy of the movie that was uh, cropped on the sides. But to me, he was always kind of creepy because, you know, in my mind, the bottom of him mimicked a, a spider. And when I was creating Xenex the Bugman, there was one of the characters in it that I actually gave those spider legs because the callback to that from when I was a kid always like amazed me and freaked me out. And I always felt that character had to have it. All right. See, now you said spider and now I won't be able to look at it anymore. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know I hate spiders. I know. I know. But I mean... You, you, do you know the scene I'm talking about in the movie, though, when when the Rancor's walking up and Luke looks past, like, under his legs, out, and he's seeing the, the other open room? And um, that scene, I guess because it's cropped on the VHS, and that's what I knew the most was the VHS versus the widescreen of seeing it in the theater, because I only saw it, I think, once in the theater. Um I always thought of it as having these spider legs and it just seems so awkward. I've told other people and they just kind of look at me like I'm insane. But to me, he was always creepy because of that aspect. And then you think about his claws and everything. He's just, he's weird. No, you're right. And and I get it. It's, uh, but uh, like I said, this is, you know, the only, the only (laughs) figure that we got that could eat other figures. Mm hmm. And that's cool to me. And I just, this is one that it is. He's just, he's just kind of creepy. And I think Kenner really knocked it out of the park. And it's, yeah, it's one that just kind of gives me the creeps. Let me ask you, did you ever fit a, a guard in his mouth? Uh, no, I could never fit a guard in his mouth. Maybe the head. I think maybe I stuck the head in the mouth. And that was I always, 
always wanted to try one, and I actually had come across a um, a Rancor in a secondhand shop, and they were charging probably a bit more than I was comfortable paying because it was fairly dirty, but I knew I could clean them up. And I was trying to talk down the price, and we had to, I think we ended up having to go. Um, so we never got a hold of him, but that was my one thing is if I did get him, as soon as I got him home and cleaned up, I was going to see if I could fit a a, a Gameron guard in his, in his mouth. Okay. <laughs> always, because he does it in the movie, I always wanted to see if, if the figure could actually well, you know, I've house got a pick one. guard too. Next time I come over, I want to play. Okay. I'll have to get it unpacked. <laughs> okay. Well, what about your number five? What is your number five? So my number five, I actually went back to um, Thundercats for this one. And it's because I was, you know, let me get them pulled up here. It's because when I was trying to think of, of characters that I felt had this really kind of awkward build and, and look to them, there were several characters in Thundercats that kept coming up because when you think about the mutants, they're they're strange. They look fairly evil, and I mean they're kind of they're they're kind of awkward and scary. And the one that came up the most was uh, Slythe. You mean Slythe? Yeah, it's Slythe, but I think on the site they actually have just Slythe, but the the big lizard guy, the lizard mutant with the yeah, he's the, the one. He reminds me of something from the uh, Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings. He does. He really he does. does, especially not so much the cartoon version, but the toy. And uh, that's a great choice. That is a great sculpt on that toy too. It is a great sculpt, and he's you know when you look at him, he looks fairly evil. I mean, he's got this the skull, uh, like cow skull kind of thing hanging from his chest, almost like a, um, an emblem, like a magic emblem. And he's got the weird finned ears and the, the one kind of crooked lazy eye and the, the teeth coming out. I mean, he's just, you look at him and you know, automatically, this is a bad guy. There, there's no question about it. When I love the texture that they put on his arms. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah. that's a creepy figure. That's a great, that's a great call, Taylor. That the, is a creepy only, freaking figure. The only one that I had also out of Thundercats that I thought would be a nice call to it would be the um, the Mumra, but the the actual like He Mumra, just looks he just looks old and decrepit. Well the He just kinda bums you out rather than scaring you. And and well and that's why I think I chose Slythe over him. The other Mumra, the the bigger Mumra, is pretty scary, but the only problem is is if he's missing his swords and his hat, he doesn't carry the same effect anymore. So it's like out of those, Slythe is truly the scary one. The the only other one that's a true call to that, like a, a second, is Vulture Man. Yeah, he's creepy too, but I, I'm with you. I think Slythe Sis a slice uh, is yeah, is, is, is the, the number one. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, what a great figure. Yeah, it's a great figure. He, a lot of the mutants, if I ever got into doing Thundercats, a lot of the mutants I would want. And with the um, with what Mattel is doing with the new run of the Thundercats classics, I have actually thought about getting some of those mutants because they would pair up nicely with the He-Man guys, but I really don't have that kind of money to cherry pick right now. Or space at the moment. Uh. 
That is true. I'm still in between offices, so um, probably we'll still be between offices by the time this comes out. (laughs) I would venture to guess that that's correct. Um, Yeah. Well, moving on from that, my number four, this one really should be higher on the list if I'm ranking these as uh, in order of my favorites, but I decided to rank them in order of creepiness. So he's not as high, but this one is the uh, Rimco's Wolfman from 1981. Oh, yeah. You know, they did a run of the Universal Monsters, and I love these, and I would love to get my hands on one on the card. They had one at DFW Vintage Toys a while back, but it was, you know, extremely expensive. You can't get yeah. one for less than 70 bucks if it's in any kind of decent shape. And I think good shape, you're looking at more like 200 uh, this is a line that we need to talk about, uh, and yes. we, we will eventually. It'll, it may have to be a mini so because it was a very small line. But um, the, of course, ever you know anybody who knows me knows the Wolfman is my favorite of the Universal monsters. It's my favorite of the films, and the Wolfman is my favorite of the monsters. And this figure, uh, it's a combination of the figure and the card art because it's card art from the movie, mm-hmm. and it says Wolfman, and he's just he's kind of creepy. He's got he's uh, kind of a Basically, he's got. It looks like an Amish man because he's got the full beard, the fa- the hair just wrapping around his face, but no mustache somehow. Right. <laughs> and he glowed in the dark. Yes. <laughs> which seemed which... weird to me, but he's got kind of a bouffant hairdo. But he is. He's he's creepy. It's. I think it's a pretty good likeness from the from the the movie and the, you know the the way that they've got the face painted and everything. It's pretty creepy to me. Yeah, and uh, you know. Um looking back with the, the Rimco run, like, you know, they, they didn't have the absolute best sculpts, but for what they have, it's, it's pretty close and it looks good. The, the, the glow in the dark feature does make me kind of wonder because it's, yeah. What, what's the point? It's, it's almost like, you know, like the, the, was it like atomic reactive Wolfman <laughs> mixing, mixing the lore of the, the Wolfman now with, uh, with the idea of the 50s atomic power mutants. So it just seems kind of weird. But I guess I guess in, in those instances, glow-in-the-dark, it it's a nice selling point with any toy line. I mean, it worked for Supernaturals, and that toy line is awesome. So I like the sculpt on the Wolfman <laughs> figure. Uh, and I like you know the way they sculpted his pockets and everything. And I just think it's cool. I like the, the, the feet and everything. And it's it's creepy. It's just kind of creepy. I just really, really dig it. And I love these toys. I'd love to get a full run of, of the figures. Don't know that it'll ever happen. Uh, but maybe someday. Maybe. Maybe. That was a cool line. you know. And I've got the reaction Wolfman on card. And it's not bad. But I, this one is always uh, going to have a soft, going to have a, a, a special place in my heart. Uh, so I just love this one. So you do have the reaction one. I do. Okay. Do you have the one that's flocked? Um. No, I. Uh, I don't think so. Did they mm. release one that was flocked? They did. It was a Japanese exclusive. Huh. No, I do not have that one then. I just got wow. the cheap ten dollar one. Hmm. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> what about? Uh, so yeah, I, I just I really like this line. Do you have any thoughts on this line in general, or do you want to wait and? I mean, this is something you would obviously be interested in talking about, right? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to wait and okay. talk about them as a whole because, and we could even do like where we talk about them and then talk about the reaction run. Maybe contrast to the reaction because, figures because they are very. As far as the run of the Rimco and the uh, reaction, I think that they based their run of which 
monsters they were going to do off of what Brimco had put out. Yes of course, and it's no. based off of the main monsters. Yeah, yes and no. They have uh, the reaction put out a Bride of Frankenstein that we didn't get in the Remco line. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, all things we can talk about on that show. Oh, so, yeah. instead, tell us your number four. <laughs> My number four is uh, a He Man uh, piece. Shocking. I know, right? <laughs> but it's, it's not a figure. It's actually um, it's a. It's a piece that I own, and I, I have one now, and I, I was so happy when I got it because I was able to get it, you know, complete with Sans, the, the bucket, and the that part that came with them. But it's the Evil Horde Slime Pit. And I remember as a kid getting this, and what I love about this thing is that, you know, it's basically a dinosaur skull on top of this decrepit, like, Greek arch that's like blood red with hand that holds you down to you know Hordex vampiric face that's sculpted into the 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 back lot and you have slime run over the top to basically turn you to the dark side and just the whole idea of it was just to me it's kind of creepy and as a kid and one of the reasons why I picked it up was was the box art. As a kid, I absolutely love, love that box art. Still love that box art today. It's one of my favorite uh, boxes that He-Man put out. But it's got, you know, the the slime pit with the skull, you know, looking down with eyes in the skull. And it's, you know, basically like puking up this green slime over Beast Man with this like horrific claw coming out of the, the base and holding him down and Hordex on the back. And it's at night with this little moonlight shining and all the backgrounds like this old, like beat up, decrepit, like Grecian, you know, landscape that that's, you know, moonlit and scary. And it just to me, it's it's perfect. And it it, it says everything that there needs to say about even like the, the evil horde and kind of relating them to that scariness of even being like the universal monsters. To me, the slime pit was just that quintessential piece that you had to have to put with them. Well, and the fact that it was called the slime pit is enough to warrant inclusion on this list. Yeah. On its own. Well, in, in thinking about it, like even, you know, another close run was the, um, the fright zone, but I never owned the fright zone. And I, it was one of those that if I could have had the fright zone, the fright zone and the slime pit would have to go hand in hand for me because both of them are, are equally scary, but between the two for the box art, I always felt the slime pit box art was scarier. Even yeah, but, though... But the Fright Zone was called the Fright Zone, and that always just amused, right. slash sort of intrigued and frightened me. Right, but, you know, for what I owned, I owned the, the slime pit, so... That was my ruling on, on how I was going to dictate these for me. It's just stuff that you owned. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's a good way to sort of narrow your, your uh, scope. Yes. All right. Well, my number three is one that I used to own and one that you now own because I bequeathed it to you, I believe. And uh, this is part of the McFarlane Monster series from, I don't mm-hmm. know, 15 years ago, 15, 16 years ago, more than that, probably closer to 17 years ago now. And it's the uh, Frankenstein set. It's got Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster, and it's a whole little play set. And it's, I love it because 
it's supposed to be Frankenstein, but I think it's maybe Igor because he's got a hump on his back. He looks deformed and he definitely looks like a mad scientist. He's almost scarier. I think he is actually scarier to me than the monster is because the monster is big and green and, and burly and everything. But Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein just looks deranged and like he would just saw you up just to see what was inside. You, you of course, you mean Igor, right? Yes. <laughs> they told you wrong. Um, they were wrong, man, weren't they? The, uh, it's funny, because I, I love that set, and I actually um, I had found a, a frame that I wanted to build to put it in, because... Oh, like a shadow box type thing? Yeah, because it's got small parts, and like, I... Some of the monster stuff that... Because, you know, I, I had, um, of course, the sideshow toys, when they, when they were just sideshow toys... Uh, Wolfman and a Phantom of the Opera left over, and I paired them up together in a shadow box because it was Lon Chaney Sr. and Lon Chaney Jr. And I had done, like, the nice velvet end box and everything, and I wanted to do the same thing for that Frankenstein set because it, it is. It's got this unique creepiness about it with the, the one wall and the bookcase and the extra head and, like, even... Frankenstein's monster, like you can take his brain out, and when you pull the arm off of one, it's just a bone that sticks out. I know it, it, it's it's creepy. It is it, creepy as hell. It is, and that that whole run of monster toys were fantastic. Th this was the only one that I bought because it's the only one I really really liked. I believe he also had a, a Hunchback of Notre Dame one mm -hmm. that just kind of made me sad. The Dracula looked a little too effeminate. And the Wolfman looked just too much like a generic werewolf to me. But this was the one that really caught my eye. I love that uh, Dr. Frankenstein has blood spattered all over his white lab coat. But he's got these long, like, industrial black gloves. Mm -hmm. And he comes with, like, a saw and uh, some, uh, like, some forceps to pull out your teeth. Or, or I don't even know what they would do. And you're right. I love that there's the bookshelf behind him as well, along with the one wall and the huge, uh, the huge uh, table that you could put Frankenstein the monster on and you had straps on it as well. It's just a phenomenal set. Yeah. And, and even, even Especially the way when you that, consider it is almost 20 years old. Well, yeah. And the, the one thing about the, um, about the, the sets is that they, with all the McFarland toys, they were more like models and toys, but like I like the way that overall those things look, and I remember seeing these, and I, you know, I don't know why I never got them, but I, I wanted to get well because they were the a little expensive. Run. They were a little expensive, and that's probably why. But they did have in the series one, they had a Dracula, Frankenstein, Werewolf, and Hunchback, and then after that for series two, they did another Frankenstein set where they had what looked to be Doctor Frankenstein. Instead of more of an Igor character, you know what? And this I, is this is what we can do when we discuss the Remco monsters. We can compare and contrast that with this set. Oh well, there's there's quite a bit more because honestly, I always thought that those two sets would go together. And by the time that I got around to a Frankenstein set, it was series two, and I didn't want to get it because I always felt I would never be able to find the other to put them together, and I felt that they had to go together. But now you have the other one, right? But I mean, seeing these now, they're they're a little tough. They are a little tough. What do you mean by tough? Tough to 
to find, oh, tough and, to find right. and complete and a good price. But yeah, because there were this was that this was that era of toys where every toy came with like a bazillion little bitty tiny mm-hmm. accessories that you would lose. I had the Bob and Doug McKenzie set that came with like twenty beer bottles. Yeah, and uh, who's going to keep up with those? <laughs> but but those sets were were still really cool. Yeah, they were great. They were great, and these these sets were as well. Mm-hmm. What about your uh, number three? My number three, believe it or not, is actually another McFarlane piece. So back in, and I can't even remember what year it was. I think it was like 2000 and maybe it was right at 2000. Um, I was really big into McFarlane toys at one point. I was really big into horror toys. And I was a big fan of the series Hellraiser because I was also a big reader of Clyde Barker. And he had put out an extended run of characters that had little stories written for them that worked into the um, the Hellraiser, Hellbomb, Heart uh, book line. And it was called Torture Souls. And those, they yeah, were, those things are... Ugh. And they, they were essentially... I hated those. All the characters were essentially Cinnabodies. And the one, the one that I owned, and it was actually the, the first book of it was called Agonistes. And he's one of those characters that he himself is creepy enough just to look at. Because, I mean, he's, he essentially has no face. And then over the back of him, his face is stretched out over a mechanism that hangs out over the top of his head. But what makes him more interesting is the fact that his book, his little short story that was written by Clyde Barker, is actually creepier than the figure. If you can believe that. I, it is, I don't, but I'll it take is, your word for it. It is downright a creepy story. And it, it was one of those that, that by the time I got the figure out and I got him put together and I read the book, I debated on whether I should put him back on his package and take him back <laughs> because I was just a little weirded out by, by this, this figure, you know, and this is someone who likes, you know, a lot of this stuff. And I was like, Eesh, I don't really want him out when I'm going to bed sort of thing. Right. Yeah. It, he's, he, that was something else. Um, and actually the whole, Tortured Soul uh, toy line is it, it's pretty creepy and it, it had a really good run but it's looking at like some of the characters from that that line it's it's definitely not meant for kids at all. No, it was that whole line was a bit much for me. I'm not gonna lie, uh, I had a little bit of a problem with it. I just thought uh, it was unnecessarily grotesque and. Uh, <laughs> Well, and I get that there's there's a place for that, but I just I don't right. know. I think I think the the thing is is that, that with when you're looking at it's like when you're looking at what they were working on with um I, I guess when let me reset. When you're looking at what it was that they were working on and, and the reference material they were working with and even looking at the book end of what they were working with, because in the books, they're not necessarily 
you know, thought of as like very almost fully clothed leather bound, you know, pieces of, of, you know, mutilated flesh. They are truly almost naked and morphed and mutated into what they thought of as these beautiful pieces of flesh-like sculpture. And so they were trying to find this nice pairing between what the movies had given us and then what Clive Barker had written in his novella, which was The Hellbound Heart. And so, you know, I appreciated that that level of being able to take these two references and really knowing the material and trying to create a whole line that has this very unique design and build it into something that, you know, collectors could have. But, yeah, there, there's a few of them in, in the line that are just, like, for me, they're they're almost a little too crazy. They're, they're on that extreme of, I don't think I could ever put this on my shelf. Yeah. I, I wouldn't ever be able to as well. Uh, by the way, the, uh, series one of the movie McFarlane's monster play sets that we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, came out in 97. So that, 97. that Frankenstein toy is almost 20 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, and that's amazing. And to me, it was sort of the shining example of that line. And, uh, you, those tortured souls, man, that's another good choice. Those tortured souls things were, were, ridiculous yeah they are they really are well my uh, my number two on my list uh i'm just gonna tell you what it is and then let you talk about it because i don't have anything else to say other than it's sectars any of them i don't care which one you pick it creeps me out i don't like it get it away kill it with fire you know the problem with sectars and i actually followed the uh the guy who designed uh, some of the sectars. He he'd also designed um, some of the uh, the characters and, and puppetry mechanics for um, Dark Crystal. No, oh, nice. And and had also done uh, some work with uh, Boglins. Remember those? Yep. So it, Tim has had like a, a nice run of of different things, but sectars. You know, he's always had this like kind of love for it. And I don't blame them because, you know, I like the idea. I even like the idea of the story. And, yeah, they're creepy because they're they're basically bug people. But there's a few of those characters that, like, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a bit much. Like, when you think about, like, you know, General Spydrax or, or, like, Skulk, you know, like, those two, which I had both of those. They're creepy looking. You know, Skulk himself is like a tarantula brain beetle mix of a person with this nice, like, metallic, almost like bug iridescent paint job on him with these giant fangs and eight orange eyes on him and then with these white claws coming out of him and then Spydrax is got these six red eyes built into his helmet and these fangs and this dark black muted skin and and this crazy purple iridescent like kind of insect armor and just you think about it it's like oh my god that's terrifying like if i saw this like in a movie i would be downright mortified by it but you know for the toys i do i have such a love for them because i think they're so awesome and if and if i had the money and space i would totally get 
if I could, the entire run of these because they just, I, I think they're, they're beautiful. But I also like creepy stuff. Yes, you do. And, and it's weird because, you know, I have a, a pretty, I've been working on it over the last few years, but I've got a pretty bad arachnophobia. But I have that type of arachnophobia where, you know, I get itchy when I see something or I think about it. But at the same time, they intrigue me to the point that I can break down a good portion of anatomy on most spiders um, and arachnid cousins like scorpions and even the sea version of it, which would be a um, horseshoe crab. Horseshoe crabs are actually an arachnid. I know, and they creep me out as well. <laughs> so thanks for that. Well, n- now that you're all itchy. <laughs> yeah, what I about should... your number two? My, my number two? You're going to love this. You ready? So l- let, me, let me start off with a little bit of story about this one. So it was uh, my birthday when I got this, and... It was that birthday when I got a good portion of these figures all at once. And I remember talking about this on the podcast because we have done a review of them. And I remember, I, I love this line because of this birthday and because of of the pieces I got. And, and even remembering playing with them throughout Halloween. But my number two is Anton Arcane from Swamp Thing. Nice. And, you know, he's... Hold on one second. And he... he he's got this, you know, the, the glow-in-the-dark eyes on these figures. And, I, you know, I had Anton and I had Weed Killer, and I remember, like taking a flashlight under my sheets and shining a light on their bug heads and their heads and lighting everything up and then turning out the lights real quick and trying to scare myself. Because the, the something about the eyes on Anton Arcane in when they glow in the dark, it is pretty creepy. And even like the, the kind of bug shell looking head that he has and the fact that he has a staff with a skull on it and then this giant spider head. Like the whole thing is when you think about it in, in reality, it is creepy and it's mortifying and it's scary. And I remember at the time, because a lot of these figures are fashioned off of what Alan Moore was doing with Swamp Thing in the comics, which is why Swamp Thing had gotten popular enough for them to do a cartoon and a figure run, and when you think about, you, you know, the comic, and I had had a, a couple of them, they're A, fairly adult, and B, extraordinarily creepy, because they deal with a lot of weird, dead, some demonic things. You know, Anton Arcane was not only delving into... Um, a type of mad scientist stuff. He was also delving into this weird kind of archaic witchcraft with 
the whole thing trying to raise, you know, this this army through all these creatures. And then the the and I can't remember the doctor's name from Swamp Thing, but even him himself was dealing with the fact that it was almost like his spirit was trapped in Swamp Thing instead of him being a man transformed into a swamp creature. It's almost like the swamp creature was formed, his spirit was plugged in, and his body had rotted away. And so when you pair that with the fact that I have these toys, and I'm thinking about that, and playing with them on Halloween, I thought that that was a nice, creepy touch with these these action figures. And I loved the package art because it reminded me of that creepiness. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. choice. And again, not one I would have thought of. So uh, kudos mm-hmm. to you. <laughs> well, we come now to my number one creepiest, spookiest, eeriest toy of all. And anybody who's listened to our show will probably not be surprised by this, and I don't think you will be either. Um, It's from the Inhumanoids line, and it's Decompose. Because, A, he looks like one of the Skeksis from The Dark Crystal, which creeps me out. Uh His ribcage opens up and becomes a prison, which is creepy. (laughs) He's got claws, and just the way he stands with his legs so far apart is creepy. So what I'm saying is this guy is creepy. Yeah. And the fact that he's just, you know, sort of rotting flesh, (laughs) he is actually decomposing uh, is even creepier. Uh, I I don't know who thought this was a good idea. I don't know who thought this would be a big seller. Um, I'm actually, the, the fact that it's huge is also creepy. So that's really all I have to say about the toy, but it's creepy. There, there was at, at one point when I was making my list, I, because I, I had a, a Redlin at one point, and the Redlin had come up, and I, I was, you know, I was looking at those figures because, you know, now I have a tendril, and even tendril is downright creepy. You know, he's he's got some, he's got some issues. Rachel won't let me bring him in the house. Like he's he's in the garage <laughs> office because she does not like him in there. Those those big mutants, they're they're huge. They're you know, they're fifteen to sixteen inches tall and they're they're ginormous. They're and you know, they're rotocasted plastic. So they're they're big. And like even uh, decomposed tendril and then the oh the other guy, the the one that was like the big demon like when you think about them being these kind of monstrous gods of the underworld and thinking about what they do, yeah, they're there's something not quite right with that. And I, I, I have been looking like crazy to try to find the Inhumanoids DVD set because I have been wanting to take a journey back and watch all those because every time that we talk about it or. I see something about Inhumanoids or I see another mention of it. It's like, I've got to have some of these other things that I had when I was a kid that I had from them, but I really have got to sit and try to watch these cartoons. And I've been having a hard time finding anyone selling it that they didn't want a hundred dollars for a DVD set because it's out of print now. And it kills me because like the more I see 
these monsters online, I see people blogging about it, and especially Decompose, the more I, I have to see how these things were featured in, in the, the cartoon. And the more that I, I really want to get my hands on more of those pieces. Because they, they are, they're creepy, but they, God, they're wonderful at the same time. And you can't find the Inhumanoids episodes on YouTube? Um, you know, I found, like, a part of an episode on, on YouTube, and I tried watching it, but it's, the quality wasn't very good, and I haven't seen another streamed video that I think works for me. And besides, eventually, I'd like to, to own them if I could. There's a lot of the cartoons that that, that I collect that no, I, yeah, I know, get that. want I'm to get those saying, episodes. I'm just saying, if you wanted to watch it, it's probably available somewhere. Yeah, and I, I think I think Amazon has it, I think, for maybe like a 30 rental. Like that. No, I don't think you can rent any of them. Oh, okay. I, I know that there was like something I was looking at. I was like, eh. I think for me, I still like having the DVDs versus downloading them because I don't really have a place to put it except on my computer, and I don't have a way to put my computer to the TV. Well, if you buy something on Amazon, there's an app that you play on your PS3, and it holds it in the cloud for you, and you stream it whenever you want. Right, but I can't download that app. Because yes, you I have I filled up my hard drive with Destiny. Well, then you need to remove that. <laughs> no, I just started it. Save it to a hard drive, to an external hard drive. What? Uh, what is your number one? Okay. And uh, so this is going to be interesting, and, and you're probably going to have a, a what? So my number one is Darth Maul and the Sith Speeder. In the 12-inch doll version of Star Wars Episode One, I'll, I'll give everyone a chance to pull it up if you want to. It's on rebelscum.com. Okay, they can pause the show. We don't have to actually pause for them to do right. that. Okay. <laughs> so carry so, on. <laughs> all right. Are you familiar with this this uh, 12-inch doll? Uh, I am, because the cis beater was sort of uh, almost like vinyl. No, well, the, the cis beater itself was plastic. It was hard plastic. Okay. Um, and it had a door that opened up where you could shoot some of the engine. You could put his lightsaber in there. Okay, yeah. And it was really yeah. cool. And it's it's one of those pieces that, that I, I bought. I've, I've held on to all these years. I don't have the box, but I held on to the cis beater and Darth Maul because I love it. Now... Here's the thing. Besides for the cis beater, besides for his lightsaber, Darth Maul's head sculpt himself is downright creepy. If you think about Darth Maul as far as the look of the character, and you put his hood up to cover his horns, he looks demonic. And the problem with Darth Maul with this figure is that his teeth are showing. And so he's got this crazy kind of grimace smile the way that they sculpted them and his teeth are dirty and it creeps me out and i mean it, it does he's he's a very creepy character when you look at him in certain certain points well he's also all dressed in black which doesn't help now 
there's another reason why I picked this character. And it's one of those that I keep him in my office. I won't take him out anywhere else. Like right now he's kind of packed away. But the box that I bought of him, I believe I bought at Target and it was opened and it had been a returned Darth Maul. Because <laughs> somebody got creeped out by it. Well, so here's the thing. So it had a bit of a discount. It was a clearance discount. And I was like, cool. So I bought it because it's like, yeah, Darth Maul, I love that character. And I, I want that character. There have been times that I've had him up on the shelf and I have felt like he was staring at me. I think my Darth Maul is haunted. I think you are drunk. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I promise. I've been drinking water all night. Unlike my usual podcasting self, I, I'm actually behaving today. I get what you mean about the, the eyes, though, and the, and the mouth. It, it's a little creepy because he's always looked a little cross-eyed to me. Mm-hmm. And that comes across in that as well. And um, and you're right, yeah, that sort of half grimace, half smile is pretty creepy. Yeah, it's 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 kind of downright terrifying. And like I know there's a picture of him with a close-up of his head, and he's got this grimace smile, his teeth showing. And just imagine if you put his hood up over that, and he's riding on this motorbike. You're like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. But yeah, he's. He's creepy. When you think about it, like, as far as his look, he's he's not a good-looking dude. He's scary. And, yeah, the level of detail for it to be, a, you know, a Hasbro toy from, you know, 1999-2000 is pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a cool piece. And like I said, I, I just, I've never, even when I had my, my bit of toy purge, I, I never could find it in my heart to get rid of of this one character and I still have him complete. And whenever I get the new office set up, he will go on top of my desk, my computer desk, like he always has. But yeah, he's, he's creepy. And I, I, sometimes I do believe that my, my version of him might actually be haunted. He's just weird. He gives me weird vibes. And he, he should. And Darth Maul is not a character that I'm like scared of, but that one figure in it, it might be truly just the way he looks with his grimace and eyes. But yeah, he's to me he is terrifying. Yeah, you're right. He's pretty creepy. I have to agree with you there. <laughs> so that's my number one. That's your number one. It's a good list. You had a really good list, Taylor. I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? I've got a couple. Do you have any? I do. Um, well, I'll, I'll do mine first. Okay. Um, my two honorable mentions, one of them uh, is just on here purely for his nostalgia's sake, Mad Balls, because I love oh, Mad yeah. Balls. And they're they're creepy, they're spooky, and uh, they're supposed to be, and they're also gross. <laughs> and I just, I love them. And I, anybody who doesn't love Mad Balls, I just, I don't get you. Uh, they were great. They were just such a weird idea. Uh, in particular... Uh, Oculus Orbis, which mm-hmm. was uh, just an eyeball, for some reason always struck me as creepy. And yeah. the other one, the, my my favorite one, was I look drawing a blank on the names, um, Slobulus, 
which was the one that was sort of zombified. He had an eyeball that was hanging hanging down. Mm-hmm. And, With uh, the, the snot stuff running out yeah, of his running, nose and mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also, there was also um, Fist Face, which was a fist with an eyeball sticking out of it. That always kind of creeped me out, too. And one that was just called Arg. That I, I need to I need to try to find some of these or at least some of the artwork from it. Uh, you loved Mad Balls, didn't you? Uh, I did. I never I never had any yet. Um, my friend had some, and I, I it's like I never could find them. But I always wanted to get it was a Oculus, and then there was a body type that you could put with them that I always thought would be really cool to have. And it's it's interesting because I follow a lot of the uh, you know new age toy artists on Instagram. You know, you kind of do that when you're you're helping develop toys. You know, you follow others, see what's going on. And there's a whole group of guys who are doing their own now new age versions of Mad Balls. And there's one in particular that's really cool that looks like like a what was that French movie, A Journey to the Moon, where like the the rocket ship crashes into the eye. Oh, a trip moon. to the, a trip to the moon. Trip to the moon. And it's kind of like the face of the moon like that, but it's built into a crater. And on the other side is a ooze version of the, the eyes and the face and the craters oozing out. And it's this kind of Keshi style material. And it's just so cool. And they're already, you know, he's already working on like another version and his inspiration is actually mad balls. And, but he's awesome. doing his own run of these things. And I was like, that. it just brought back so many memories. I'm like, that's beautiful. And I think there's another artist that um, that was working. They're like friends or they know each other. And he was working on a body type for that particular moon head. So you could kind of fit this moon head to this body type, kind of going back to the, the, the bodies that you could uh, fit in with the Mad Balls. And it just, like I said, I was, I, I just, I had so many memories of being a child and seeing these things and wanting them that it just, it made me smile. So Mad Balls is a great honorable mention. I, I love Mad Balls. And there, the other one, the, 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 there was a baseball club named Screamin' Mimi that had a, a big bulging eyes and his tongue hanging out that was always mm-hmm. kind of creepy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, With the, the cap? Y- no, it, it didn't the, have a cap. It, no, it had the threading. Yeah, just had, had the yeah, had the, had the, yeah, had the, yeah, the seams mm-hmm. on it. Like it was a, it was a baseball. <laughs> uh, my other honorable mention is one that uh, may may tickle a couple of people. Furbies give me the mm. creeps. Do they not? You are, are they not the creepiest things ever? No, not really. I mean, well, fine. Thanks for playing along, Taylor. Yeah. I hate Furby. <laughs> <laughs> Furby gives me the creeps, so Furby is an honorable mention on my list. Furbies, I, I remember the the big Furby craze, and I remember, I think my yeah, my mother in law had one, and we were trying to teach it, um, trying to teach it curse words, and I don't know if it's stuck or not. She's got that thing somewhere in a closet. Um, I, I was going to tell her, I was like, if you ever want to clear its memory and, and send it to us, you know, when Elijah's old enough, we'll just put it in his room so it can bother him at night. Right. Sort of thing. Cause, yeah. Cause they'll wake up at the, the creepy thing is they'll wake up at odd times, you know, based off of movement or noise. So, you know, I kind of wonder if the programmers are like, if you hear repetitive noise, like snoring, you know, you wake up or you do this because it always seemed like when we'd stay over there, if the Furby was left at the guest room, it would wake up 
in the midnight. I'm like, I'm probably snoring and waking this thing up. And it's, you know, talking, going, it's, and you're like, what in the world? Because, you know, they're, they have a certain creepiness to them. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> well, tell me your honorable mention so I can scoff at them as well. Well, okay. Um, my my one honorable mention, and, you know, I only had one from the line, so, and that, to me, that one wasn't creepy, but there are some rather creepy versions in them, and it actually comes down to the holograms of what they are. And you hate this line. You, I mean, you downright hate this line, but it's Supernaturals. Yeah, I hate that line. Yeah, I know you do, but when you think about it, like, some of the holograms of, like, the ghost with, you know, the, the, the character creatures in there and even, like, some of the bad guys with the, like, the snake, I think, snake bite with the snake humanoid person and then there was the the one that was, like, all fire and then the one that was, like, the, the rotting flesh guy that was, like, the skeleton. Like, when you think about those and you look at the holograms, they're, they've got a bit of creepiness about them and, even the package art on them has like a certain wild creepiness. And I, I, you know, I remember loving the package art because to me, the package art for that and Swamp Thing are almost interchangeable with that, that level of that kind of woods, you know, eeriness to them. Mm -hmm. And so my honorable mention was, was Supernaturals. And that's another one of those toy lines that, if I had the money and I could get into it, I, I would actually get them because I do really enjoy them. And I, I do like the look of them, even though they kind of fall short with the, the playfulness and, you know, the, the good look of them. But to me, they, they do have kind of a bit of a creepy vibe, which is probably why I was attracted to them in the first place. I was just only able to get one. And I think that was my problem is I, I never got any more. Um, my second honorable mention was actually, uh, JC and the Wild Warriors. And it, it came down to the, uh, the, the brain cars and all the, the, the evil. Yeah. Those are pretty creepy. Yeah. They've, they've got a kind of a bit of a creepy vibe to them. You know, the faces built into the, the machines and then all the, the, the vine work that runs like veins all over them and then even like the little brain characters that sit inside, you're like, that's eh, kind of kind of unsettling, you know? But my one that I was really... And it's one that I still own today, um, but it's, it's these giant 18 to 22 inch dolls and the one that I have is Fred Krueger. And he's an actual doll with a soft body with plastic hands and plastic feet and a plastic head. And he's got a felt hat on. And when you take his hat off, it shows his brain. And he has a nice voice box in him from uh, Mr. England saying things like, Arrow want to play, skin the cat. And his maniacal laughter and several other phrases and he's he's pretty 
pretty unsettling too. And I, I had him out for a long time and I actually put him back in his box. Uh, because if, if I ever got to meet Robert England, I would want him to sign the window portion of that package. Because to me, that, that, that was the quintessential, if you're a Fred Krueger fan, you have to have this one particular doll. And so I, I held on to him all these years. And it's probably been about a little under two decades now that I've, I've had this thing and I've kept the box and the, the, the doll and kept them nice and clean all this time. Nice, very mm-hmm. cool. Right, yeah, well. But he's not—he's not haunted, so I—I I, he didn't get the first spot. Right, I understand. <laughs> well, folks, there, there you have. It. There's our our top five list of the uh, top five spookiest, scariest, creepiest toys. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this and send us the list of your own. Post it over on the Facebook page. We're always happy to interact with you guys mm-hmm. and uh, really just enjoy everything everybody has to say. Everybody always has better insights than we ever have. And uh, it's just always fun to, to learn after we've tried to teach people something. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and, and, and I was going to say, you know, if you, you know, share also on, on your portion, if you have pictures of your creepy figurines you know definitely post it let us know if you happen to have one that you think is haunted try doing an evp session and seeing what happens and let us know absolutely (laughs) better yet videotape it videotape it that's right (laughs) all right so uh that's gonna do it for this edition of talking toys with taylor and jeff (laughs) i'm taylor from the black lagoon and i've been count jeffula That gets me every time. Remember, they're not dolls. They're action figures. Very creepy action figures. Maybe next time Taylor will remember how the show goes. No, that would just be creepy if I did. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, folks. Thank you for listening. For more episodes of this show or other Marvin Dog Media productions, go to marvindogmedia.com to stream or download the shows or to subscribe via iTunes. Email us at marvindogmedia at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at marvindogmedia. Follow us on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash marvindogmedia. This podcast has been a production of Marvin Dog Media, all rights reserved. How many times can we say Marvin Dog Media?